Chapter 7 Felt It Meade awoke with a funny taste in his mouth. He always hated getting up early, especially on days when he didn't have to. But the real world would not be denied, and he reluctantly regained consciousness. He felt the pain pulsing through his body and groaned, remembering the chase through the marketplace, which had probably taken a higher toll on his body than he wanted to admit. As the room came into focus, he realized he wasn't at home recovering in bed, but rather in an unfamiliar office, lying on a couch that had seen better days and bore more than its fair share of stains. Meade coughed, painfully as it turned out, and he regretted it immediately. Whatever bones he'd broken during his fight with Chow last night had obviously been re-injured. He would need another round with the sawbones to fix everything all over again. He felt for his armbar and was alarmed to discover that it was missing. He stood and looked around the room. It was a small office with only a desk, table, chair, and the couch. The walls were made of red rock, which meant he was somewhere deep within the canyon walls. There were no posters, no art, no windows. It may as well have been a prison for all he could tell. The door opened and Palmetto walked in. Meade's eyes narrowed. What the fuck, Palmetto? Meade demanded. Where's my armbar? Palmetto cocked his head and said nothing. He sat down at the desk and gazed at Meade. Where am I? Meade demanded. I swear if you don't start providing me with some kind of answers, I'm going to start swinging. So help me. Do you really believe you are in any sort of position to be making demands, Mr. Meade? Palmetto's voice was soft and without emotion. I think I'm about to start taking you apart to find my armbar if you don't give that back to me on the immediate, Meade said, his voice threatening. Or else. Or else what? Palmetto asked. Can you even appreciate the kind of situation you found yourself in? I appreciate things just fine, Palmetto. What I'd like is my things and directions out of this cave. Palmetto allowed a slight smile to cross his face, and he nodded. I'd be happy to return your belongings, but I must insist you and I first have a conversation. About what? Meade fumed. We already been down that road of I ain't working for scum like you. Can't really see what else we're going to have to talk about. Besides, I'm busy. Palmetto nodded thoughtfully. He pushed a button on the desk and a view screen lit up on the opposite wall. On it, Meade's chase through the Martian marketplace was the top story on the wireless news. Your exploits have made you something of a celebrity, Mr. Meade, Palmetto said. Meade read the crawling Chiron beneath the images of crying witnesses and destroyed storefronts because of the chase. His eyes widened in shock. Turn up the volume, Meade snapped. Palmetto obliged. The crying witness was sobbing to a sympathetic-looking reporter. I haven't been able to find my boy. I'm afraid something might have happened to him when the MPs were chasing down that horrible criminal. She sobbed, and Meade rolled his eyes. The man they were chasing didn't give a damn about everybody else's safety. He was shooting at anything that moved. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was as if the man was... She paused, allowing the weight of her next words to sink in with the viewers. As if he was some kind of mission to kill anyone that saw his face. But I'll never forget that face. I'll never forget it. That cruel, unyielding monster. The woman buried her face into her husband's shoulders as he stoically patted her on the back. The camera panned back to the blonde reporter as she looked grimly into it. It's the type of devastation that we have not been witness to on New Plymouth since the last war. The crazed antics of runabout James Meade have brought back painful memories for those who survived the last incursions of barbaric warfare. 
The Coalition Authority released Mr. Mead's file a half hour ago, hoping the material contained within may help convince some brave citizens to step forward and provide information that will lead to the capture and arrest of the biggest drug kingpin in Martian history. Mead's photo appeared on the screen next to the reporter and he examined it closely. It was him all right, although he hardly recognized himself. The photo had been manipulated to make him appear far more terrifying than he actually appeared. Well, maybe if he hadn't shaved for a few days. The view screen switched off and retreated back into the wall. I believe you get the point, Palmetto said behind him. Meade turned back and looked at the warlord of Eblock. They're offering a rather large reward for your capture, Palmetto continued. Large enough so that even a man with my considerable means finds it attractive. I never figured you for a rat, Palmetto. A scumbag for sure, but uh, you're no rat, Palmetto shrugged. Money is money after all, isn't it, Mr. Meade? He drew himself up and puffed out his chest. Well, I guarantee if and you try, I won't make it easy for you. Palmetto chuckled loudly, shaking his head. Mr. Meade, I'm afraid you misunderstand me. I have no intention of turning you in. Meade was confused. No? Well, then what do you want? Palmetto sighed and rose from behind his desk. I know what you think of me, Mr. Meade, and to be frank, for the most part, you are correct. However, I believe you have been framed as part of something far larger that is going on in New Plymouth. What do you mean? Meade asked, suddenly suspicious. You are accused of being New Plymouth's largest drug importer. Gap, flash, heroin, all of it. They say you're the one bringing it in. And you're smart enough to see through that, are you? Palmetto snorted. <laughs> Please. You're no more a drug kingpin than I am the next coalition ambassador. Then what? Me challenged. There is something going on within the power structure of this city. Palmetto began slowly. And it isn't just the coalition I'm speaking of. It's the other warlords. Business is... Off. Alliances unreliable. Shipments go missing. I would never admit so much to anyone else, but I am at a loss to explain the larger game that's being played right now. And being unaware of all the variables in life is bad for business. Palmetto paced the small room, stroking his beard while he spoke. I do not understand why they've chosen someone as inconsequential as you for an enemy, but my guess is that if they want you badly enough to place a seven-figure bounty on your head, then that must mean you're into something deep. Meade groaned. It had to be something to do with that damn armbar download. But unless he got that back from Palmetto, he'd never figure out what it was. I'm always pissing off people, Meade said coolly. Today it was no different. This is far more than that, Mr. Meade, Palmetto said, turning to face him. This is a concerted effort to put you into a position where you will be quickly taken out of play once you reappear in public. If these other players do not want you in the game they're playing, then that's exactly where I believe you belong. What do you want, Palmetto? Direct and to the point. I want you to find out what the Coalition is hiding, Palmetto said. I want to know what is happening in my city and if there's anything I can do. To profit off it? Meade asked, interrupting. Palmetto allowed a slight smile to cross his face. Among other things, Palmetto continued. But most of all, I want to know why formerly rational actors in my world have turned irrational. Must be my charming personality, Meade replied, the sarcasm dripping off his voice. Palmetto fixed his stare on Meade and did not waver. His face was deadly serious. 
Mr. Mead, you should disabuse yourself of the notion that you have anyone else who is able, or rather willing, to help you. He hated to admit it, while Palmetto was right. Mead had never seen eye to eye with the warlord of his block, but Palmetto was offering an olive branch. What made him uncomfortable was the fact that he didn't know the price tag. This, uh, this comes with a catch, don't it? Mead asked. Should you survive and are able to provide me with the information I require, I want you to come and work for me permanently, Palmetto said. Mead shook his head. No dice. Nothing's changed. I can't, I won't ever trust you. Ever. Palmetto smiled. I disagree. I could have very easily turned you in for the reward if I wanted, but I have not. I would like to think that's bought me a little goodwill. Of course, I could always summon the authorities if you do not believe our deal is a fair one. His finger hovered over his armbar's comm channel. Me growled. He didn't have any other choice. Fine, he said. Can't guarantee that I'll survive all this, though. Palmetto laughed and removed his finger from the comm. <laughs> you, my dear Mr. Meade, are much like the cockroaches that survived the last war, only far more resilient. I have every faith that you will be able to find out what's truly occurring in my city. Meade grunted in agreement and extended his left arm. I'll, uh, need my armbar if I'm going to get anything done out there. Palmetto nodded. He reached into a drawer and tossed Meade's armbar back onto the desk between them. He reached for it, but was suddenly stopped by Palmetto's iron vice grip on his wrist. You have 72 hours. If you do not have the information which I believe is worth my time, I will have you in chains and on the first transport to the Coalition's Enzeli prison within moments. Palmetto stared Meade down, his eyes narrow. Do not test me, Mr. Meade. Meade yanked his arm away from the slimy billionaire and slid his armbar back on, the familiar weight reassuring to him. He turned, without a word, and moved towards the door. Do you hear me, Mr. Meade? The moment I believe you are about to betray me, I will have your head on a stick, seven-figure reward notwithstanding. Meade walked out the door, calling over his shoulder. Better men than you have tried to kill me and failed, Palmetto. As he left Palmetto's tiny office, the warlord's words echoing in his head, he began to realize just how much pressure he was under. He had 72 hours to figure out what the hell was going on. And if he was going to do that, he would need allies. And the best one he could think of was back at her bar, pouring drinks. He could think of no better place to start. <laughs>